Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Aviation Spiders podcast. I am your host, Colin. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode with Nick and talking about his time at Oshkosh and Doc. I thought it was absolutely amazing that he had all that access at Oshkosh, and especially what he said at the very end is just be unique and be yourself. Um, I still hold true to those words, and I think about them every time I go out to the airport. Anyways, some other announcements on the Aviation Spotters podcast. I am going to be moving the show to every two weeks due to the fact that there is some lower viewership and it's just a little easier for me right now not having to worry about an episode every week and the editing does take a while with these longer episodes, which I am aiming for. So every first and third Wednesday of each month, there'll be a new episode of the Aviation Spotters podcast. And starting with that is my good friend from from Drap, Draper, Draper, Utah, Mr. Aaron Roomfellow. Aaron, how you doing this evening? Hey, Colin, how are you? I'm great, <laughs> man. Thanks for having me on. Of course, man. Did I pronounce your last name right, by the way? It was so close. It's Rumfollow. Rumfollow. Okay, yeah. I'll make a note of that so I don't <laughs> screw that up again. <laughs> That's right. It's Italian, so just, you know, a lot of Italian names are follow or L-O-O or L-O, so yeah, okay. Rumfollow. All right, got it. Anyway, so from Draper, Utah, Mr. Aaron Rumfellow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's right. All right, man. Well, um... First, I also want to say that you designed the Aviation Spotters podcast logo that everybody sees when I do a social media update, so I thank you for that. Oh, absolutely. Um, Happy to do it, man. Yeah, like, yo, I appreciate you you making that offer to me, and I couldn't pass it up. Cool. Yeah. No, no, it was fun to do. Yeah. Yeah, it it looked really good, and it came out pretty well, and, and I really do thank you for it. Absolutely. Anyway, man, let's get to know you a little bit. Um, where are you from and how you got into aviation? Well, so I was born and raised uh, in the Salt Lake City, Utah area. Um, I now live in Draper, Utah, which is the suburb south of Salt Lake City. Um, but uh, yeah, I was born and raised here in Utah. Got into aviation at a very young age. You know, of course, you know, most people, it's either their parents or a relative you know, starts taking them to air shows when they're little kids. And uh, my story is no different. Um, you know, my father, my older brother, uh, Tony, you know, my older sister, Lisa, we're, we're all kind of av geeks. And, uh, you know, so going to air shows as, as kids, uh, we'd go out to Salt Lake International Airport uh, back in the day when they had, observe, you know, an observation area, which was awesome, you know, and just, watch airplanes come in. Um, I used to uh, use our, you know, super old VHS, you know, <laughs> over the shoulder video camera. Wow. And <laughs> way back in the day, we're, we're talking like late 80s, early 90s. Man. Um, yeah, I used to videotape, you know, aircraft coming in. That, that, that's kind of how it really started. I didn't move into, you know, stills and, you know, photography you know, for several years after that. But uh, yeah, those those were some great memories and some great air shows. There used to be so many more air shows uh, when I was younger. It's so many, you know, the variety, the different air, you know, airfields and airports was, was crazy when I was younger. Um, seems to just be getting worse the older I get. But, uh, you know, there's still great shows going on. No, absolutely. I agree with that. And I remember you guys posted a picture of a Delta L-1011. Yep, yep. Man, that's just one of my airplanes that I have always wanted to see. And this and that Delta widget paint job just looked fantastic, I think. Yeah, amazing, man. And I I used to go catch those Delta L-1011s out of Salt Lake, you know, in and out of Salt Lake all the time. I I just loved it. I mean, I, I can remember you know, standing on the top of my, my Jeep when I was a teenager, <laughs> <laughs> getting L-1011s coming in out of Salt Lake City. Yeah, I miss the L-1011. Beautiful. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that, that doesn't fly anymore that you probably have some photos and videos of, and I'd 
yeah. speaking for not just me, but for a lot of other people, if you could find those videos from back in the day, yeah. I think a lot of people would really, really like to enjoy that. I know. I know. I'm, I know where some of the videos are. I need to uh, break out the old VHS to, to DVD and then to digital, you know, some kind of device contraption yeah. that'll do all that. But uh, yeah, I know. I know. I need to find those. I'm sure I sound like an idiot on there, but... But what the hell? I was spotting airplanes. <laughs> yeah, and airplanes that probably don't no longer exist anymore that's, either, for that matter. It's so true, and all, all the airlines and and liveries that no longer exist. You know, the old TWA. Um, oh man! You know, I mean, Salt Lake City had you know had quite a few uh, you know unique airliners come in and out. You know, it's it's not like a big international hub like LAX or anything like that, but. Uh, but there, there was a lot of cool stuff. DC-10s, I mean, I remember as a kid, and this is when I was too young to even, you know, use a video camera or a camera, but uh, I can remember going out to the observation area at Salt Lake International Airport and watching Western Airlines DC-10s oh my. and 727s and 737-200s, and it was crazy. And, and we're talking before hush kits, so uh-huh. it was, it was uh, pretty awesome. <laughs> the good old days man that would have been absolutely epic to see right now yeah uh, where were those observation areas at salt lake because i've been down to salt lake a few times and you know it's it's a harder airport to spot at than most people think it is it, it's kind of a pain um but uh, the observation area it, it was actually pretty nice they they had some speakers that were connected to uh, the tower frequency and it, okay, was, it cool. would broadcast 24 hours a day out there in the parking lot. And, and <laughs> yeah, it was, it was actually a really cool setup. And, and there was a grassy area with, you know, some hills and, and some picnic tables. So, you know, they really did a good job um, setting it up. But it was just, let's see here. Okay, so Salt Lake International has three main runways. They have four runways, technically. Yeah. It's a small cross crosswind runway, but... The three main runways. It was just next to the uh, approach end of of uh, three four right um, on Salt Lake National. And that's, so the, it, and that's the north facing runway. Yeah, it's the north facing runway, and it, so it was on the south side of the field. Um, if you Google map it, you, you know you you can see where where three four right is on the south end, and. Uh, now it's just full of a bunch of construction stuff, and they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff. But it's been shut down ever since 9-11, so, you know, uh, we, we can thank, um, you know, all that, 9-11 and all that garbage for uh, ruining some of these great observation areas that have been shut down. Yeah, I remember back in the day, too, you just go through security without a boarding pass, too, and oh, just yeah. chill in the airport. My dad and I did that whack and Boise when yep. like 2000, 1999. Yeah. And that was always, always fun to do. <laughs> I know. But yeah, um, definitely. Anyway, man, so, so you've been doing this stuff since the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. And um, so I'm assuming you consider Salt Lake City International as your home airport, then, right? Yeah, Salt Lake City International. And then uh, Hill Air Force Base, which is just about 30 minutes north of Salt Lake International Airport. Um, and Hill Air Force Base, you know, is known for, you know, the 388 fighter wing. They mm-hmm. just transitioned to all F-35 now. They used to fly uh, F-16 Vipers. Um, yeah, I remember that. You know, so I've been, you know, going up to Hill, spotting there a lot. So I guess you could say, you know, military Hill Air Force Base is my home <laughs> base. And then yeah. Solic International for, uh, you know, commercial. And the Guard actually has a has some KC-135s at Salt Lake International, so that's always cool to see. Yeah, those guys are really cool. I mean, they come up to Boise every so often, and, you know, the Idaho Air Guard and the Utah Air Guard just has an amazing relationship with the tanker and the A-10. I mean, I don't think there's a, another National Guard unit or two National Guard units in the country has a better relationship than those two. Yeah, I, I agree, and I was actually going to mention that later on in the podcast if we got to it, but... Uh-huh. Uh, I actually went up on a KC-135 refueling mission uh, where we uh, did air-to-air uh, refueling with A-10s from Idaho, the 124th. So that was pretty badass. <laughs> That's goals. That is goals. That is goals for me. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, what other hobbies do you have? I know of one because you are a host on the Ramp Check podcast. That's right. That's right. Yeah, my, myself and my two other brothers, my older brother, younger brother, we, you know, we started the Ramp Check podcast uh, over a year ago. You know, we're almost 60 episodes in. We have a lot of fun doing that with the guests and, you know, and, and that's why, you know, when you started, you know, this podcast, I, I was all over it because I was like, oh, hell yeah. I mean, I, I support this kind of stuff. I've support aviation. Um, and when I saw Aviation Spotters podcast, I was, I was like, oh yeah, definitely. So it's really cool. So yeah, I do that. Um, I do all the graphic design work for all the ramp check stuff. And, you know, if people know the ramp check brand, they, you know, they know we do all kinds of you know, products mm-hmm. and whatever. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I do that. We're slowly building that into, uh, you know, in, into a business that's taken more and more of our time. We've, we've got some other products that aren't related with like t-shirts or stickers or anything that we're working on too. So got that. And, you know, of course my family, you know, my amazing wife, I love her to death. And, you know, my, I've got a, a two-year-old son who's just, crazy as hell but he's just awesome you know i just i I love that he's nuts (laughs) yeah um you know and i've got some stepdaughters and uh uh two older daughters and a younger son uh, as well um so it's uh it's great i you know love music love going to the mountains you know i love astronomy too um i've done a little bit of you know astrophotography uh nothing crazy but uh i'd say some of my most you know, memorable moments of astrophotography is back in 1997 when Comet Hellbop, um, you know, cruised by the Earth. It was such a huge, bright comet. It was so much fun to take pictures of. So I kind of dabble in that a little bit. Yeah, I've actually, I love astronomy. I actually did a space camp back in 2012 at NASA Ames. Oh, nice. We, yeah, <laughs> uh, I was in junior, I was in my senior year of high school, and we got to go down there. Um, and actually got to fly the 747 simulator they have oh, down there. Oh, that's awesome. Which, like, full motion, everything. And I don't know if you've seen the uh, show Mythbusters yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah. So there's this one episode where they have to land a plane and they don't know how to fly one, okay. right? Okay. Uh, and, you know, it's like you get help from the tower and stuff like that to talk you down to land. I flew in that exact same cockpit as the Mythbusters Oh, that's did, cool. Which was, that's probably one of the greatest experiences of my yeah. life. Just being down at NASA Ames, rubbing shoulders with legitimate rocket yeah, scientists. Yeah, seriously, man. You're the and, man. Uh, <laughs> when, I was, when I was down there, this is right two weeks before the Curiosity rover landed. Oh, okay. So everybody was, it was all about the seven minutes of terror. Yep. It was just Curiosity this and Curiosity yep. that. And... It was it was absolutely incredible to be a part of that because they actually had the mock up. They did all the wind tunnel design work there for the uh, the uh, the entry vehicle. Oh. So it had the whole entire yeah because NASA Ames is is like the wind tunnel capital of the mm-hmm. U.S. They have the world's largest wind tunnel mm. there. They actually tested. If I think I'm right in saying I think so, but they actually tested the. A scale model of the YF twelve. Oh, really? No, no way. Back, oh, that's yeah, cool. in their in their wind tunnel, and they had a one eighth scale shuttle that they tested in there also. Oh, that's awesome. So it's really cool to see and, and be a part of that. But um, have you got any shots of the of the comet that's been uh, over the U.S. Yeah, recently? Yeah, so Comet No Wise right now um, is uh, is burning. Br- well, I guess I should say melting brightly. Um, over, <laughs> over, you know, a lot of the world and it, it's visible in the Northern hemisphere right now, uh, right after the sun goes down, uh, in the evening. Okay. Um, I was actually out, out by, um, Salt Lake International Airport and the Great Salt Lake, uh, last night and I got eaten up by mosquitoes trying to, uh, take photos of the, of Comet Nowise. But yeah, Comet Nowise, it's a naked eye object right now. If you get out of the city lights, you can actually, um, uh, you can see it's got a nice, beautiful, long tail. Um, if you have binoculars or, you know, zoom lens on your camera or a telescope, you, you know, you can see the coma. It's, it's really impressive. Um, it really it's, is. Uh, yeah. Have you seen it yet? I haven't seen it personally, but I've seen a lot of other photos. Yeah. And my, my yeah, gosh, a, holy it's crap. Beautiful. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be visible for at least, 
as far as I know, for the next week or so in the evening in the Northern Hemisphere. And then I'm not sure. I'd have to check the, the, the you know, sky maps to see where it's going to be um, after that. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a 1.6 magnitude right now. And th- those that have been, or into astronomy or anything like that, that's, but you know, it's a pretty bright object for, uh, you know, comet just passing through. Yeah. Well, if you, hopefully once this episode yeah, airs, yeah. people will have some decent photos of it. <laughs> that's true. Um, that's a great lead in to, to the next question is what type of camera do you have then? Yeah. So, um, so I have a, a, a Canon 70 Mark II that I use for 90% of, of everything that I do. Um, I love that camera um, just because it, it has a lot of the capability of like the EOS 1D, um, mm-hmm. but it's a lot less expensive and um, um, it, it's, you know, it, it, it's a great camera. And, and that's the whole reason why I want that just, you know, save on some costs. I do have an older uh, 1D it's a Mark three. So it has, you know, a small sensor. It's like 11 megapixels or whatever. I kind of use that as a yeah. you know, backup. And, um, but, uh, I, I've, I've always shot Canon. I've always loved Canon. I know Canon, like the back of my hand, um, you know, to, to me, it's the most user-friendly setup. Uh, it, it, Canon's always been extremely reliable, um, for me. And, uh, you know, a lot of people that use Canon, I know you, you have the 5D Mark IV. Yeah, I transitioned from, awesome. from Pentax, and and yeah, when I transitioned from my Pentax, I had, I, I have never touched a Canon yeah, before. Yeah. I've rarely even used my dad's old Nikon. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it, it was, it was like, I, I, it was a big deal for me to switch just everything yeah. over. But like you said, just user-friendly is, you know, within the first couple a couple of weeks I was pretty proficient at it and now like I know that camera really yeah. really well yeah and, and I like the Canons too how a, a lot of the you know the upper end um you know higher end amateur to you know mid pro to pro I like how you can you can customize a lot of the settings like you know the yeah you know focus tracking and different things like that is it, it really comes in handy especially you know when you're shooting you know military aviation or you know, anything like that. But, um, but, uh, so most of the time I, I, uh, I have that 70 Mark II out, love the camera. It is a crop sensor. Um, you know, I, I do want to get a full frame, uh, camera, uh, here in the near future. And we can talk about that in a, in a minute or whatever, but, but it's a, it's a great camera. I've always had a lot of success with it. Um, it's, you know, it's fast, you know, it shoots, you know, 10 frames a second, the focus on it, focus on it is basically the same as the you know the you know eos 1d um you know a couple of generations ago obviously the 70 mark ii has been out a little while um but i'll uh my main lens that i shoot with is the uh, sigma 150 to 600 sport which i've had for almost two years now um and i love the lens i i can't say anything negative well i mean it does weigh a ton (laughs) <laughs> yeah but i say sigma lenses are, are quite heavy and it, 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 it's yeah. the metal one also it is. isn't it, it yeah is. it's it's funny is i have the old 50 uh-huh. to 500 the old metal yep. frame one and that the weight of that lens itself just alone weighs the same as my my current setup with oh, the lens yeah. body yeah it's, it's just uh, <laughs> like it's just like it's so much nicer to, to carry the can around because it's so much lighter yeah. but you know they're built like they're they are built that, like tanks and, and you know and that's the reason why um, you know, I went with the sport, um, was because, you know, I, I like that it's, it's weather sealed. Um, you know, it's really durable. Um, I've actually tripped and fallen, not directly on it, but it kind of saved my, my, my hands from going in the dirt and, and, uh, it's, it's tough, man. It's, it's a great camera, you know, a great lens. So, and it's, it's sharp too, you know. I uh, I was looking at the sixty, you know, to six hundred, um, but everything in my research, I you know, I really didn't need the sixty. This lens, I just bought it just to spot aircraft in the sky. So, yeah. so I you know, one fifty is you know plenty good. One fifty to six is a great range. 
yeah, it's like you, you, you don't need that extra, you don't spend the extra money if you don't have right. to. And um, I can attest to a Sigma lens yeah. being helpful in that situation yeah. because uh, in March of last year, I was at the Canyon and it was pretty windy. So everybody is stepping back from the rim because it just howls through there and it's absolutely uh-huh. miserable. And we had some F-16s come over the ridge. We all run up and uh, <laughs> I, I slipped yeah. on a rock. And I had to use the handle as like an ice pick to keep myself from falling down exactly. into the canyon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, luckily, I stopped myself and I, you know, grabbed a solid rock. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Um, but there are some battle scars on that lens, and I'll just say I actually have it oh, on video. Nice. nice. Um, which <laughs> I still cringe at that moment because I couldn't know if I pulled yeah. the wrong rock. It oh, would have been that's bad. scary, man. Um, but yeah. Oh no, it was. Trust me, I was. I didn't get close to that room to yeah, the rest of the day. I'm sure. <laughs> I was. Yeah, but uh, no, and it, it still worked yeah. after that. They're, they're Thank tough God. Lenses. They're, you know, they're they're great. I I wish it was a little bit faster. You know, I mean, six point three, but uh, you know, five point yeah. six even would have been a little bit better. But uh, you know, it is what it is. Mo- most of what we do is, you know, there's plenty of light anyway. Yeah, it's like the only time you're going low apertures when you're really yeah. dark out. But you know, you're not. We're not right. going to need that out here. Right. Speaking of shooting aircraft, what is your favorite airplane? To oh spot? man, that that is such a tough one because you know my love of aviation just just extends beyond everything. You know, military, commercial. Um, I would. I, well, let's break up the question. How about your favorite civilian aircraft and then your favorite military aircraft? Because I know go. you guys, you, you, you like yes. you like both. Yes, that is very true. Thank you. You helped me out there. Um, so <laughs> I've got I've got to say, and and this actually changes from time to time, but I've got to say my favorite aircraft to spot right now is the F fifteen. It really is. I you know I love the F thirty fives and the F twenty twos and F sixteen. All all these. You know, newer jets, and but there's just something about the mean F-15, and I don't care if, if you know it's an Eagle or a Strike Eagle. You know, either if it's an F-15, I love shooting it. I just they're big. You know, they have a perfect air-to-air record. You know, the F-15E can mm-hmm. just carry so much ordnance, and I I just oh, yeah. I love spotting the F-15. Loud, you know. Down at Nellis, those F-15s that are always flexing, you know, you get a lot of C models and a lot of E models out of Nellis, and it's just, I'm always excited to see an F-15. (laughs) I agree. I'm always excited to see an F-15 as well, and they are one of my favorite airplanes to spot, as I was very much given a lot of crap (laughs) for after I said the attendance. You forgot to even mention the F-15. (laughs) Yeah, I I got I got some flack for that one from a lot of people over <laughs> at Mountain funny. Home. Um, there was yeah, they they gave me a hard time about it, but yes, I I do agree. And uh, the the Eagles, I go out, you know, I go out there and I yeah. see them launch. I can see my rear view mirror, my oh, car yeah. shaking when they light the yeah. cans out there, and it's amazing. I love it. And the Strike Eagles at Nellis flex a little bit harder than anything yeah, else out there do. too. I, I think you're right on that one. <laughs> Oh yeah, I got some some of my favorite photos, Strike Eagle photos out there. So, but yeah, shout out to Strike Eagle community guys. Yeah, you guys are awesome. I agree. I agree. Okay, c- civilian. It's definitely the seven four seven. I've you know I've loved the seven forty seven for ever since I was a little kid. You know, whenever we'd go on vacation to California, you know Disneyland or whatever, I knew we were in the area of L.A. and I knew L.A. always had heavy yeah. like that because Salt Lake did not. And uh, I was always looking out for the 747s. <laughs> and oh yeah, that's, that's yeah. The same I mean, I, 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 you know, on my phone, my, you know, flight tracker that I use, I, I have, you know, a filter to alert me if there's a 747 flying in the area, just so I can go out and see it go over, you know, even at altitude. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely 747, queen of the skies, never gets old. It's you know, it's sad to hear recently that. You know, Boeing is is going to end production. You know, of the seven forty seven. You know, gosh, over fifty years of production, man, and they're finally going to have to end it up. But uh, 
Yeah, impressive. Well, I don't know if you heard today, but we're recording this on July 7th, correction, July 16th, and I don't know if you heard, but British Airways just announced that they are, as of effective, immediately retiring all remaining forces in their fleet. I I did see that earlier today, and, you know, a lot of people are posting about it on Instagram, and, you know, it's it's over, you know, a lot of aviation news sites, and yeah, it's sad to see that, man. I mean, you know, a lot of the 747 fleet is being retired, the 400s, um, you know, and older. But uh, it'll live on for decades, though, in the, in the cargo market, which which at least we Absolutely. get that, you know? Yeah, and the dash-shaped passengers, too, with uh, hopefully right. Korean Air, once they start rebounding, yep. Air China, and Lufthansa. And, uh, Lufthansa. So hopefully once... Once they start rebounding, I mean, there'll still be a chance, but won't you know? Won't be a four hundred or something like that. But a seven four seven is still a seven four seven. I agree. I I think the seven four seven one hundred all the way up to the dash eight intercontinental or freighter is they're all beautiful. I I love them all. They absolutely are. Thank you, <laughs> Joe Sutter. Uh, but we had some 747s in Boise for the deployment for the one twenty fourth, and we oh, had wow. four of them. Yeah, and one came in before dawn. It was, I think, f- ooh, five in the morning when it came in, and I went up to the parking garage and still got a landing because I will not miss a 747 yeah. in Boise oh, yeah. ever. Um, it's just like one of those things. It's like one of those airplanes that is on my drop everything and <laughs> go spotless. It's, it's like a, it's like a seven. It's a 747. Any anything yeah. Russian built. I mean. God, anything Russian Bill comes in here, I'll, yeah. I'm down there immediately. It's like, right. I'm not gonna miss that. Um, and, or like, like a like a big, really heavy wide body. And it's just, you know, like in Boise, we we rarely get wide bodies. It's, I mean, it's, you know, anytime you see yeah. something different, yeah, I'm all for. Yeah, same here, man. Yeah, Salt Lake gets, you know, MD10s and MD11s and seven six sevens and. And, uh, you know, th- those are the, the wide bodies that are always in and out, you know, on a regular basis. Um, and with all this COVID yeah. stuff, there's actually been quite a few, you know, repatriation flights. Um, so, you know, caught some Delta 777s, which are all going to be retired later this year. Um, uh, yes. You know, uh, uh, Fiji Airways, their brand new A350, which was beautiful. Um so, yeah, yeah, Salt, Salt Lake's kind of off and on with heavies. Yeah, and Which, you guys got the Dreamlifter, right. too, recently. I was recently. actually just going to mention that, and I missed it. I was busy. I couldn't do it. I was so mad. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but uh, one of these days, I hope yeah. I can catch that. I, I remember seeing that, and I texted a mutual friend of ours down in Salt Lake. I'm going, dude, there's, is the Dreamlifter really going yeah. to Salt Lake? Is this a glitch? And, well, yeah. it actually showed up, which was it's absolutely amazing to see, and yeah, you guys got a lot of cool stuff too because of the um, the the LDS right. Church also bringing yeah. home their missionaries, to, you know, with the COVID and all yeah. that. So that's when those recreation flights were, happened. Were for all those uh, LDS missionaries getting <laughs> coming back to their uh, yeah, coming back yeah. to Utah, man. <laughs> Hopefully, they all came yeah. back healthy too. Oh, yeah. man. I don't, I don't wish trust me, I don't wish COVID or this anything about anybody. So I hope they all came back sure. healthy and hopefully they can uh, go back and. And do yeah, their do their thing also after it's all definitely. over with. So, do you even have a least favorite airplane in general, or do you, do you like I mean, like I, it all? I love it all. I mean, you know, a little Cessna 152 or a 172 doesn't really inspire much, um, which is funny yeah. because you know anybody that wants a career to be a pilot, that's where you start. So, you know. Exactly. Yeah, you you, you start right. with the Cessna. So you, you know you can't hate on them too much, but you know I mean if, if no you know if I if I were to say you know when you say what's your least favorite aircraft to spot, my, my first thought is okay. Well, if you looked at all my photos that I've taken over the you know, God, I'm getting so old now. Over the decades, I can actually say <laughs> decades now. Wow. You'd probably see almost no like Cessna 152s or 172s or, you know, some basic single, you know, engine general aviation. You know, I, I, I do like some small single engine, you know, like, you know, you get, you get those, um, you know, Piper Cubs with the, with the huge Tundra tires and, you know, the, the, those just, oh yeah you know, 
awesome, uh, you know, bush planes and whatever. But, you know. Yeah. Those are, those cool. are always Actually, cool to a, see. Actually, a really funny story. So there was a guy I, yeah. I was spotting out at, there's a small airport just south of Salt Lake International Airport. It's called Salt Lake Regional. It used to be called Salt Lake City Airport Number 2. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Huh. It's just this, yeah, I know. Original they, name. They really, you know, worked hard on that one. Um, but uh, just a single runway, a lot of general aviation. Um, the uh, Utah uh, Na- Army National Guard actually has Apaches and Blackhawks out there, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, you guys took our you, yeah, you took the know, old Idaho Apaches, so yeah, that's not not cool. Has not the markings cool. and everything. <laughs> Oh God! I remember the last flight of those Idaho Apaches. I remember oh, I was yeah. actually working, and, they, and the five of yeah, the five of them flew across the uh, the ramp for the sundown. I was going, <laughs> Ugh. and I I missed him so much. I we actually uh, one of my old neighbors used to oh, be cool. an Apache pilot, like like right next door. So they they used to fly over oh, his nice. house all the time. So I used to see Apaches literally over my house all the time because like one of their higher ups oh, used cool. to live next door to me, and. There's actually a really no, cool no, story. No, Sorry to interrupt your story, but in 2002, uh-huh. when I was in second grade, we had the elementary school I was at had this gargantuan field, and it was on. I was mm-hmm. on a, uh, kind of on a plateau. Well, one of the teachers, her husband was a warrant officer, okay. was a warrant officer, and landed two Apaches on the oh, last wow. day of school. On the field, and I remember we because uh, I was yeah. into aviation at the time, right? And you know, the other teachers are like, Hey, Colin, come to the window, check this out. And I look out, here come two Apaches just landing oh right on the field. I'm going, gosh. like, Holy crap, yeah. this is the greatest thing ever! Yeah, we got and you know, we got to climb all in them and all that. And Mike, it was it was the best <laughs> last day of school ever. Perfect, just it's just like it's like they're Apache oh, yeah. helicopters. Yep. At an oh, elementary yeah. school. Yeah. In the oh, soccer yeah. field. And, and as a, as a young was, ab geek, man, that's like, you can't beat that. That's perfect. No, it was awesome, man. It was just like, you know, it was just like, you, you know, like those sense of like the little kids when they see uh-huh. something amazing for the first time, just that, yeah. that, that look they get. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I I, I probably would have reacted the exact same way. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, back oh, to your no, story no, before no, I rudely good, interrupted you. Did. Um, so anyway, I was out spotting at this this airport, and that's where those you know former Idaho Apaches are. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't have to rub it um, in. And uh, there was a Super Cub with huge Tundra tires. I mean, they you know ginormous, and uh, you know he's flying in the pattern. Yeah. And um, his his final trip around the pattern, you know, he came in, he, you know, he turned. He was turning final and, uh, you know, I was taking shots and whatever. And, and I downloaded the images that night and I was going through them and that dude, he flipped me off on his final approach. Yeah. He flipped me off. I was like, what the hell is this? (laughs) You know, and then I was thinking, you know, maybe he's like, you know, cheating on his wife or something. And, you know, his, you know, whoever he's, uh, you know, hooking up with in West Jordan, he didn't want to get, you know, he didn't want to let anybody know he was going into West Jordan that day. (laughs) But I don't know, man. I I was shocked, man. I was like, geez, what a dick, man. Jeez. Dude, I've had had some fighter pilots at Nellis do that to him. I think they're just, you know, having fun or whatever. This was a old man. You know. He was, you could tell. Oh, it was? He was like, oh, F you, dude. And I was like, come on. But yeah, I, yeah. I know what you're talking about with military guys, man. They like to mess with you. It's funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. But man, that yeah, that's when I got to go go to the dude's hangar and just make a gargantuan poster of it. It's like put on his, yeah. on his door and be like, hey, <laughs> yeah, I know you. That's funny. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, well, kind of keeping on that same page is what's the rarest plane you have ever oh, spotted? Oh, the rarest plane. Well... One comes to mind, um, and it's because there's only one in existence in the world. Um, it still flies. It's still used, actually, quite extensively. Um, is the uh, AN-225. And this was all the way back in 2003 in Arizona when I was living in Arizona. 
and it was delivering this huge like electrical transformer thing to one of the companies down there one of the power companies and uh it was absolutely incredible to see i i was actually working the ramp at the time so i had all the inside scoop i i stayed all night it came in overnight um you know i helped park it i i toured it that night everything and and then the next day you know saw wow. you know, them offload everything and 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 fuel it and i actually dumped the labs on that thing so i you know i have uh no way. you know russian crap all no i'm just kidding. wow yeah no i i did dump the labs though on that, that was, thing. It was this... so funny <laughs> you know as as uh-huh. as a person who does work on the ramp i'm very curious on how does the lab dump on, you, you on know, the world's largest really airplane any different than anything else it's just you you hook up the hose man and you you pull the the valve and that's pretty much it yes you, and you, you pray nothing you're falls like, out i hope that you know russian you know connector is you know compatible yes soviet so, design connector sure. i should say designed way back when the soviet union was was together so you're right but uh yeah no it, it was it, just like any other airplane really it it was uh, nothing special, but okay. but I thought it was funny though that uh, that I got lab duty that day. <laughs> hey, that's actually really unique to say that you've dumped the lab on the largest yeah, aircraft in the world. Yeah, Not a lot of people yeah, can say you that. Know, and, you know, really, like one of the rarest aircraft ever because they only built and completed one. They have one that's unfinished, uh, that's just sitting in a hangar, but you know, it's nowhere near being completed. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, just. Yeah, yeah, way too expensive, probably. Also, so I would have to say, you know, the AN two twenty five is probably the rarest, um, just because it's you know there's only one in existence. Um, yeah, and that was that was really a treat, and um, you know, got to watch it, you know, take off, and you know, I've got video of it and photos, and you know, I've I've posted some on on Instagram of you know some of the shots that I got on the ramp, but. Um, yeah, that thing is massive. It's so impressive. What's the cockpit like on it? You know, it's just that old school Russian, you know, green. You know, when I saw it back in 2003, I mean, it's, it, I mean, there's no glass in it at yeah. all. It's just all analog. And, you know, the, those Russians, man, they love those yokes that are like, they're, they're like those, like, handlebars on harley it seems like you're like reaching like four feet each direction to, to you know wow. grab the yoke but uh yeah but huge though i mean you know a lot like the c5 galaxy okay you know i don't know if if you've been in the cockpit yeah. of the c5 or you know or, or some of these listeners have but lots you know lots of room lots of gauges though and you know it's all old school aviation in there yeah, it's. I've seen some pictures and it just looks this gargantuan just because of the size of the airplane. But if you think about it, this it's like it it's like literally what I so said, like a flight engineer and the two pilots, and that's still it. It's, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's 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 amazing. It's like you put it in perspective. That's the same thing the old seven two sevens flew on, and yeah. doing the exact same oh, thing yeah. with the AN two two five. Yeah, well, definitely. Speaking of Russian built aircraft. Did you get a picture of that Ukrainian Il- Illusion 76 when I visited Salt Lake a few years ago? I did not. Again, I was busy and wasn't able to go down there. Um, but, uh, you know, through our contacts, through, through Ramp Check, there's an airport ops person that actually sent us a few photos of it. Okay. So at least we got a, you know, got to see a couple couple photos of but i would have loved to have seen that yeah that would have been really cool luckily our mutual friend did also and he actually got his publishing combat aircraft i believe yeah yeah i think you're right so exactly we'll, we'll talk about yeah. that when he when he comes on <laughs> definitely so um <laughs> uh, yeah that's god i would love to see that antonov one day one day i mean it's just yeah. such a just an a absolutely useful tool in aviation that that airplane's gonna fly until yeah. it can't literally be flown anymore. I mean, just yeah. look at some of the other Soviet Russian-built transport airplanes, like the Antonov 22, the world's largest turboprop. The thing is, yeah. like, 60 years old, and it's still going strong. <laughs> so know. it's just like, you know, they still fly the AN-12s, um, those, those, yeah. the mini version of that, and they'll still, mm-hmm. they'll still fly, and, you know, like, this thing... Yeah, this no, they just... 
they just did a bunch of upgrades on the 225 as well. So oh yeah, that's right. You know, yeah, because they yeah. literally brought it out of upgrade to help uh, ship PPE throughout the world. Yep. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't think there's a better aircraft to do it. Yeah. Oh yeah, you could you could probably you know fly fly all over and just you know not have to uh, replenish your supply. You just unload some huge pallets yeah. go to the next destination and do it like 10 times there's a photo i saw <laughs> of it in a toronto spotters group that i'm in and there mm -hmm. weren't pallets they were straight boxes and they stacked oh, yeah, the boxes yeah. like literally from the nose <laughs> to the tail and they had these like belt like is this like belt loaders and all this other stuff i'm going like this straight box I'm like firstly how long did that thing take to stack <laughs> yeah no doubt it's like man oh my but, gosh could imagine you know uh, you know, also with that being the the one of the rarest airplanes in the world, I believe it's also one of the most photographed yeah. airplanes in the world as well. Just because when it comes sure. to town, everybody's out there. Even if you're not into aviation, everybody right. goes out there to see it. It's like Air Force yeah. One. Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. It, I guess in the sense of, you know, a rare aircraft. Um, yeah. You know, one it's, build is the only one in existence. But, yeah, it's... The, yeah, exactly. In in that sense, but uh, but yeah, it's probably it, it's one of the most popular photographs yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And 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 when I saw it, it was in its really old school uh, livery. It's not oh, okay. this new, nice, you know, yellow and blue and everything like it is now. It was you know pretty old school. It, it almost looked like from the old you know Soviet Union space race days. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it was designed to carry the Baron shuttle. Uh huh. That's right. Which. Yeah. Which also, if anybody wants to go on a whole different rabbit hole, go look up the Baron program and then yeah. go look up the pictures of the two orbiters that weren't finished and they're currently mm -hmm. abandoned in Kazakhstan. And that will blow your mind. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the space shuttle copy. But yeah, go look up Baron and then you can look up the Antonov as well and how they were made for each other. And Yep. But and anyway, so let's kind of move it on. Um, I actually yeah. didn't send you this question, but what is your favorite event and or location outside of general airport spotting to do? Oh, easy red flag down at Nellis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's probably the most common answer to that question, but I mean, you can't beat a red flag, and you know, and they, they typically hold you know three a year. You, you you can't beat it. I mean that that's really. I mean, there's nothing else I can say beyond that. If you have never been, whoever's listening, if you've never been to a red flag, you need to do it. I mean, it's just jet after jet after, I mean, fighter jets, tankers, just you name it, man. It's just, it's just a constant launch and, uh, and recovery, you know, two times a day. And it's really impressive. Absolutely agree with you on that. And it's not yeah. just with the aviation portion, it's just with the people aspect as well. And I agree. If I recall, yeah. um, you actually did a quick interview with me on your guys' podcast back in March of 2019, I recall, when yeah. I met you guys down there. And I just kind of want to... Yeah, you're right. It's kind of want to want to reiterate what I said with you guys. And the listener can go look look up their episode, your guys' episode with this. But, yeah. you know, Red Flag... Is such a great event to attend, not just because of the aircraft, but because of all the people that attend. You know, you get people from all around the world. You, know, you get people mm -hmm. from from Asia and Europe, and South America, mm -hmm. and all these other places. And it's literally one place on Earth where every single person who's interested in aviation can go out and meet the same person and talk about the same stuff. But yeah, you never met them in your life. It's just yeah. it's just a great place where people can meet and just geek out and just be it, themselves. It's so true. It's so true. It's a, it's a blast. And I mean, it's, it, it's so much fun because you're just basically sitting on the side of a highway and yep. you're just yep. hanging out with people, talking cameras, talking aviation. And, uh, you know, and then you get the launches and the recoveries, man. And it's just, it's so much fun. And trying to find that that sweet spot of, you know, oh, I want to catch them at this angle or, you know, this lighting or whatever. The the nice thing about the, the red flags, you know, early on in the year is you get that amazing evening lighting on the, yeah. you know, on the recovery in the, in the, you know, early evening. That's incredible. And then the I summer flags, you're going to melt your 
watch your face <laughs> off. Exactly. <laughs> Burning a tank of gas just idling your car to stay Yeah, cold. going through two gallons of water every hour. <laughs> yeah, so now, true. Now, it's also, you're going to get the odd garbage truck going past, too, taking everything out to the landfill, which always smells delicious. <laughs> yeah. uh, who's ever been to Red Fly listening to this, you know exactly what I mean. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, or to spot at Nelson General. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. So yeah, true. but there's also, I do want to do an episode on, like, kind of, like, Nellis spotting, you know, like, like, like the do's and don'ts. I mean, you see yeah. a lot of people in, a, in the group that were in, you know, they park certain ways, and yeah. it's, remember, you got to remember, you are on a, a legitimate highway. Like, right. cars are screaming past you, and yeah. there have been accidents. Like, there, yeah. people have pulled out and got hit by, by cars. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I do want to do an episode on kind of on on that like like the etiquette and protocol. I mean, like a bonus episode or something like that. You know. Right. Yeah, that's I a would good like, idea. I would like to have it up before twenty one dash one. Yeah. Goal. Because yeah. you know twenty three is hopefully on. So. Right. But. Um, yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. I mean, it's like you know, us spotters, and you know, we have to be responsible in these locations that we love to absolutely. shoot at. Absolutely, absolutely. If we screw it up, somebody's, you know, messing around, not doing what they're supposed to, not paying attention, you know, then, you know, you get these politicians and whoever, then they'll start shutting stuff like that down and saying no more parking on the highway and blah, blah, blah. So it's like, that would just be ridiculous. Yep. So, and, you, and you cannot sit on that the base side of the fence and right. they will come right after you. So literally you have yep. one yep. spot. It's actually, it actually, you can't go behind the fence either because that's property of, uh, the speedway, uh-huh. Las right. Vegas speedway. Then you have the public road you can sit on. And then across from that is, is Nellis air force base, which is, you can't. So literally you have right. one location to go to. So yeah, that <laughs> is it. Yeah. But, well, anyway, man, let's. Uh, you already told us one story about the dude flipping, flipping you the bird in this cub. Uh, <laughs> what, what else do you have? Do you have anything else interesting you want to add? Well, so you know, I mean, just some you know experiences. I mean that that I've had, you know, and some yeah. opportunities that I've had, you know, being around aviation and working in aviation, and um, you know, I, uh, I I have to say a couple highlights. Um, Back in 2014, down in uh, Tucson, Arizona, um, Davis Monthan Air Force Base was having their air show, and and uh, I was down there for the media day before. You know, um, a lot of spotters may not know that um, when there's an air show that goes on, it you know things start happening several days ahead of time. Um, they may know, you know, people may know about you know the arrivals and all those things, but. But during all those days, there was all kinds of media events um, because the air show promoters and the bases, you know, they want to get it out to as many people as possible to come participate, to come see how amazing our you know, military is or, you know, whoever is performing, you know, on the civilian side, whatever. Um, but uh, I was down in 2014. I was down in Tucson, Arizona, and I was at a media event and uh, just totally lucky i was able to go up and fly with chuck aaron in the red bull bo 105 oh wow and i was blown away because i had no when i showed up to this event i had no idea that it was going to turn out like that um and then all of a sudden they're like okay well you're next and i was like you've got to be kidding me are you like serious? wait what yeah the legend like chuck aaron and the red bull you know aerobatics and a helicopter um, so, um, that, I mean, that was probably, I mean, it was incredible. I mean, we were doing loops and barrel rolls and, and everything in that over the desert of, uh, Southern Arizona <laughs> by Tucson. God. But, uh, you know, that's, what's so fun about spotting and, um, you know, having pride in it too. Like, it's not just something it's like, eh, whatever, I'm gonna you know take pictures or whatever and if i get a cool one great if not whatever i mean when you really take pride you know in spotting and you really want to to bring out that aircraft you're taking photos of you know you really spend a lot of time um you know around these events and around you know the people that that fly these aircraft and 
like you said, you know, at, uh, you know, during Red Flag, you know, everybody that shows up, it's so cool to meet new people and people from all over the world. And, you know, that's, that's so much fun to do that. But it's, it's also fun to meet the performers and the people that are actually flying yeah. aircraft, whether, you know, the military side or the civilian side, you know, this one, you know, just happened to be the civilian side. And, um, it's just, I mean, it, it was an honor to be able to have that opportunity, that experience. And if I wasn't an aircraft spotter, that opportunity would have never presented itself. So absolutely, you know, so I just, I, I love the whole aviation spotter community and what it's all about and, and, uh, the opportunities that it's given me. I mean, gosh, I've, I mean, I literally have so many different stories like that and just, you know, people have known and, you know, me. Okay. So I'm 43 years old. Okay. So, I mean, I've got a lot of years on you, man. You're just a little yeah, young guy. Yeah. And, you know, w- when you, when I've been doing this since, since I was, you know, technically since I was a teenager, I mean, when I was a kid, I was always into it too, but you know, it, it really, there's been a lot of opportunities along those years and it's so much fun. And, you know, any spotter that's listening and, and I mean, even yourself, Colin, I mean, there's so many cool opportunities that y'all get to look forward to being involved in what you're doing that uh, it's, you know, it's exciting. <laughs> Absolutely agree, dude, because I, I agree with that so much. And I can attest to that because last year I got to go up in an Emirati C-17. Sweet. There you go. And See? I was a part of an airdrop. Yeah. The first ever airdrop out of an Emirati C-17. Hell yeah. See, I mean, and those opportunities. It was probably one of the top five lap experiences right there. But it's, yeah. I, I agree. It's like, you know, just that's what you got to do is just have the passion. And it will, it will, it will pay off. Mm-hmm. It really will pay off. Yeah. It really does. But, yeah. But anyway, man. Let's start wrapping this up. This is a great. That's a great lead-in to. If you have any tips or words of encouragement for the spotter or the listener out there? Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, it's you know, um, you know, we're all spotting because we all love aviation. We all love aircraft, and you know, that's yep. what our passion is. Our, you know, you might have just as much passion, you know, with photography, and it just kind of all meshed together. Because I mean, when I started out shooting steels. I was doing so much like sports. I was into shooting sports, but then I was like, wait a second. I love airplanes and I'm a sports photographer. I love shooting sports. So it was like, boom, that's when I became a spotter. And it's where I'm kind of going with that is, you know, keep your passion alive. Don't, don't, um, you know, don't listen to haters. I, I, I know it's so funny on Instagram, man. You, you get all these people that are, you know, posting their stories like, hey, man, if you don't like my stuff and don't say anything or screw you, it's just like, come on, man. Don't even give anybody yeah. a, a, the time of day. I mean, just, you know, enjoy what you're doing. Um, you know, one thing I, I think that's really important, though, for, for the um, aviation spotter community is... Um, it's so important to really develop people skills, especially for these young spotters. Cause you know, th- there's a lot of young spotters that I'm sure that listen and, and, you know, follow all of us on Instagram, you know, some, you know, um, yeah. and, uh, learn, you know, some people skills, you know, learn how to communicate, learn how to, you know, be honest with people and, and learn how to, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is don't just think it's all about you. It's, it's about everybody. And you, you got to be able to communicate that with people and, and invite people to, uh, you know, go along the journey with you, so to speak. That's what's so yeah. cool about, you know, Nelson Red Flag. But it, it is about the people. Um, you know, one of the best ways that, that I found um, as I was growing up and that I've been, you know, part of the aviation, you know, industry and community for, for so many decades is go work at an airport, man, go, to, go work at an FBO, go work for an airline, go work the ramp or something. I mean, it's, you learn so much about aviation and you learn so much about yourself and you, you literally deal, deal with all kinds of people in all walks of life. 
I mean, everybody, anybody and everybody. And so you learn how to, <laughs> how to communicate with people and how to work yeah. with people. And, um, you know, that, that, that's always important. I, I always thought because, you know, what, what's the fun of just doing this just for yourself? I mean, you know, absolutely. Um, and obviously like you've said on previous episodes of your podcast, you know, do, do it for yourself. Don't do it for, you know, anybody specific to, you know, to get the accolades or whatever. But at the same time, on the other side of that, you know, that token is, is yeah, you know, do it for everybody as a whole. Cause I mean, that, that's why you're posting a photo, you know, because exactly, you yeah. want everybody to experience that with you. Yeah. But, uh, and I'd say the other advice that I would give to people and, you know, listening to your, your episodes that you've already uploaded and, and just conversations that I have with certain followers on Instagram is, you know, is about camera settings. And it's, I can't stress this enough is, you know, you need to play around with the settings and learn your camera and learn what it means if you are shooting at, you know, 5.6 aperture and you're at 800 ISO and, you know, your shutter speeds at 2000, like learn what that looks like so that you can adjust and know what to do. Um, yeah. It's so important to do that. So many uh, spotters, you know, especially new spotters, I'm not really talking about spotters, you know, that have been doing it for years and whatever, but mm -hmm. they, you know, there's, they're, they're so caught up on, you know, camera settings and, you know, and, and they wonder why some of their results might not be what they really want. And, you know, you, you got to play around with those settings and, and you can learn those things. You don't even have to be at an airport to learn that. You could go photograph cars driving down the road and learn yeah. about your autofocus system or, you know, learn about, you know, auto ISO or whatever. But, uh, but anyway, I know that was kind of, you know, long tangent on that, but, uh, but that's basically it, you know, I mean, it's, it's a cool tight knit, you know, community and, uh, you know, it's fun. It's fun being a part of. It is. I, I agree with you. It is a great community to be part of. And for you know those looking for camera settings, make sure to go check out my episode six. Um, I discussed all camera settings and setup with uh, John Wynn. Yeah, he's go he's check from that Utah, episode. Isn't he? Yeah, he's uh, he works with the uh, Utah yeah. Air Guard. Yeah, he's in Salt Lake City. Yeah, uh, that was cool. Yeah, he used to be up here with the with the one twenty four. So that's how I got to know. Yeah, him. nice. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you guys go check that episode out. And um, so, real fast, where can we find your work? We already discussed ramp check, yeah. so we already know that. But uh, where can we find like like your other your uh, your pictures and photos of the L ten elevens and you dumping the lab of the AN two two five? So most of my aviation stuff is all at Ramp Check Global. That's on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that. Um, but my personal Instagram at Aaron Rumfollow. I do have some aviation stuff on there, but really, you really should follow uh, Ramp Check Global because that, that's where I basically post all my aviation. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, most of my personal, you know, it's just family and vacations yeah. and, you know, and, and, and you name it. But, uh, but yeah, it's at Ramp Check Global. Absolutely. And I do agree. If you guys haven't listened to the podcast, please go and check it out. You, you, you'll enjoy it. But uh, anyway, Aaron, I appreciate you coming on. That was an awesome discussion we had over the past hour. And um, but like, like always, guys, this is the part of the show where I always say my, my traditional things is uh, if you know somebody who thinks you should come talk aviation with me here on the Aviation Spotters podcast, send me a DM on Instagram at BOI Spotter, Twitter at BOI Spotter, Go give us a like and a subscribe on the Facebook page, Aviation Spotters Podcast, and you can send me a message there as well. I'm still setting up the YouTube page. We'll hopefully get that all set up very soon. And also send me an email at avspotterspodcast at gmail.com for those profiles and all that other good stuff. Aaron, anything else to add, man? Hey, man, I just I appreciate this opportunity again. I love what you're doing with the Aviation Spotters podcast. Um, it was great to meet you in 2019. It's cool to be talking here, you know, on, uh, you know, in 2020. And, 
yeah, I appreciate it, man. And, and, uh, continue the good work. Um, yeah, I love what you're doing and, um, um, yeah, hope to chat again soon. Absolutely, man. Well, one thing we didn't mention is at Hill Air Force Base, there is an absolutely amazing air museum down there. And if anybody's in the Salt Lake City area visiting, definitely go check out that museum. Um, I hopefully will be down there by year's end, so we could hopefully all meet up awesome. down there. Absolutely. And, and it has the only SR 71C model that was ever built. It, it was actually built oh, yeah, that's right. with a couple different uh, airframes. Um, an A12 and SR71, so it's pretty unique. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I, I went down there. I remember my going down there as a young kid. But uh, but yeah, man, definitely. I'll hit you guys up if I head yeah. down there. But uh, like it, that's gonna do it for me here. And uh, as always, keep those batteries charged and those cameras ready. And we'll catch you next time here on another episode of the Aviation Spotters Podcast.